welcome to today's episode of Messing with Media, the show where we will bunch up five random movies or other media that our host has recently seen. Our host will then rank the movies from best to worst based on five unfinished sentences. Each sentence is directly correlated to a media-themed category. Each category determines where that movie ranks. First, let's take a look at our five categories and their ranking. Going from worst to best, they are VHS, Laserdisc, Betamax, DVD, and Blu-ray. Or even better, the title of 4K Blu-ray. Five movies, five sentences. Now, please welcome your host, Steve. Hey, hey, how is everybody doing today? Fantastic, I hope. Now that you are all caught up on the rules, let's meet and get to know a little bit about today's contestants on... Right after this short break. Uh, boss? We don't have any sponsors who paid for this time slot. Welcome back. It's time for an animation throwdown. These are supposed to all be adult options. However, I pre-picked them and... For some reason, I assumed that the relatively new Sailor Moon product would be made for adults, assuming the fanbase is all adults, but apparently, I'm an idiot. With that in mind, and without Freddy ado, let's meet today's contestants. First up is America the Motion Picture from 2021. Which can be found on Netflix. It's an action adventure. It's rated TV ma. Sources say a chainsaw-wielding George Washington teams with beer-loving bro Sam Adams to take down the Brits in a tongue-in-cheek riff on the American Revolution. Next up is Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Eternal, the movie 2021. Which can be found on Netflix. It is an action fantasy rated TV 14. IMDb says, when a dark power enshrouds the Earth after a total solar eclipse, these scattered sailor guardians must reunite to bring light back into the world. Our third contestant is Akira from 1988. Which can be found on Hulu. It is in action, sci-fi, rated R, and Hulu says, clandestine army activities threaten the war-torn city of Neo-Tokyo. When a mysterious child with powerful psychic abilities escapes his prison and inadvertently draws a violent motorcycle gang into a heinous web of experimentation. And now let's meet Batman Under the Red Hood from 2010. Which can be found on HBO Max. It's an action. It's a crime. It's rated PG-13. And IMDb says there's a mystery afoot in Gotham City. And Batman must go toe-to-toe with a mysterious vigilante who goes by the name of Red Hood. Subsequently, old wounds reopen and old, once-buried memories come into the light. And last up, but not least, at least I don't think, is Paddock, a.k.a. Swimming to Sea from 2012. Which can be found on Amazon Prime. It's a drama, it's a horror, I guess. 
It's not rated. Probably PG-13-ish. But IMDb says a mackerel from the ocean, Padak, attempts to escape from a restaurant aquarium tank before being eaten. Before I begin, remember, I am allowed one pass for the primary five categories slash sentences. By using a pass, I then must use a lifeline at some point. Those lifelines are film and digital copy. VHS or Laserdisc must be chosen before I can use a lifeline. With that, I am going to dive into my first selection with America, the motion picture. VHS. The secret sentence is, no, I do not recommend blank. Right off the bat, if you are sensitive about pretty much anything or America being poked fun of, then this movie definitely is not for you. It's very much a fictional retelling of America's birth story. And lastly, it wastes no time earning its TV mature rating. Let's start off with the good. I very much enjoy the animation style. It has a very modern comic book-like feel to it. I also felt they integrated modern technology in with the technology of the late 1700s in a fun way for the most part. There were one or two instances where they took it too far, like once where they mentioned social media, that type of thing. I loved the choice of Freebird as our national anthem. And the last thing that I truly enjoyed was the final battle. I did think that that was fun. It took some inspiration from the movie The Avengers, along with many other movies, and they had some fun visual gags along with having some fairly good action. Now for the bad, you will notice a pattern coming. First of all was the fourth wall breaking. There is a lot of it, but none of it was cleverly done. Although there are some clever plot points and jokes, most of it was rather low-hanging fruit and once again, not very clever. The movie is joke after joke after joke, and so the storyline suffers. One joke that I liked that I thought would be integrated into the story more was the soaking of Americans in tea to turn them into British loyalists. Although it does play a part in the movie, it's ultimately just used as a joke twice. Along with that, there is a Home Alone gag in the movie which I thought could have gone further and been more fun, but it's not integrated or explored very much. In conclusion, this movie was something. It's not a total loss, but unfortunately it wasn't very funny or creative. They outright state their criticisms of America and no matter how valid or invalid one wants to say that they are, that's not very good art, nor was it creative, clever, or funny. It is a shame there was a lot of potential with the idea of this movie and the characters within it, and even the voice work was great, but the script simply was far too blunt and it lacks in any actual storytelling. And thus, no, I do not recommend America, the motion picture. I am going to hold off on using my pass, so up next is going to be... Pretty Guardian, Sailor Moon, Eternal, the movie. Laser disc. The secret sentence is blank. Succeeded in some areas, but failed in others. 
The Sailor Moon movie is actually two one and a half hour movies, part one and part two, and so I'll be starting off with some of my notes from part one. Although the animation is much updated compared to the show that I'm used to at least, it maintains a similar appearance to the original cartoons that I saw 20 plus years ago. The setup for the movie had quite a bit of exposition, but it also moved at a brisk pace. Speaking of exposition, it's incredibly straightforward. Think like the original Pokemon cartoons, which is when I realized this was definitely not made for an older target audience than like the original cartoons were. However, putting that aside for any older audience, the story is very, very good. I can't imagine that most kids wouldn't just love this story. Unfortunately, there is a lot of exposition, and so as an adult, this could have been shortened by like half to about 45 minutes, and that will be true of part two as well. Let's get to some of my notes from part two. The fights suck. There isn't much of a focus on the actual specific powers of people's attacks or what their strengths and weaknesses are. On top of that, they're very, very brief, the, the fights. And on a positive note, with a lot of the setup being over from part one, the pace does pick up in part two. Okay, now it's time for some overall notes. I felt that there were several good lessons that I think most parents would be happy for their children to be exposed to. Most specifically, they are targeted towards females, but nothing a young boy can't hear and or learn from. Unfortunately, the movie is also very corny at times. Last of all, let's talk about the target audience for this. I have to guess that the target audience in Japan is younger than the TV-14 rating in America. I'd guesstimate ages 5 and up based on the structure of the show, the amount of exposition in it, and their toy lines. So, I did some looking into things, did a little research, because this piqued my curiosity, and here is what I concluded from that research. Japanese culture is much less prude in comparison to that of the United States when it comes to things like nudity, etc. And that creates some issues for this show when being adopted to the U.S. screen. I'm not sure if this movie was made with the U.S. audience in mind or not. Netflix is pretty hands-off with their artists to my knowledge, so I would assume that they did not give any sort of direction in that regard. The show, and I assume this movie, actually have to be edited to remove some scenes where these girls are nude. So, if you give this movie or show a watch, I think that is important to understand the cultural differences. So, I'm considering the TV-14 rating a wash, and I'm putting some of my cultural norms aside here. However, the intent of this episode was to look at animated properties for an adult audience, and largely because the story itself is really good, I felt that Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Eternal, the movie, succeeded in some areas, but failed in others. Which leaves me with three movies that I am struggling to appropriately designate sentences to. I'm not even sure what order I'd rank them in. That's part of why I will not be giving a Blu-ray today. Both of my wildcards are in play. Unfortunately, 
I think I'm going to go with what may have been my favorite movie of the bunch, and it is the most memorable, that is, without a doubt, the truth. I am choosing it in part because I feel the most comfortable giving other suggestions for this movie. So, up next is Paddock, a.k.a. Swimming to Sea. Max. The secret sentence is, you could watch blank and or you could watch any of these three similar movie options. Paddock is a South Korean film, so you will need subtitles. By the way, that is spelled P-A-D-A-K. And also, you may find the movie easier under the title Swimming to Sea. It takes place at a sushi restaurant in Korea, but the story is about the fish. Specifically, several fish in one of the many tanks that the store has. There is a cult-like status within the fish tank, which causes a hierarchy and thus a power struggle within the tank. The main protagonist, a mackerel fish, who is new to the tank, wants to escape in order to avoid being eaten by humans, but more importantly, For freedom! The animation is very different. Sometimes the animation is beautiful, and other times it's low budget and it rears its ugly head. But you do get used to that as the movie goes along. There are a few musical numbers in the movie that are both odd and fun, both musically and visually. They remind me of the musical numbers in movies like Fern Gully and We're Back, A Dinosaur's Story. All aspects of the sound design were surprisingly good in this movie. It's a darkly themed movie with a good story, but I did not find the story to be amazing like some people do. I think the story has been done a lot of times before, but this movie does it in a unique way, and the movie definitely does a better job with it than many others have. The use of fish does give this story more layers and more real-world value with the specific issue of overfishing our oceans. There is definitely plenty of beauty in this story, and so I would recommend you give it a watch if you are able to get past some of those poor animation issues. And for that reason, you could watch Paddock and or you could watch any of these other three similar movie options. If what catches your eye about my description is the fun and unique musical numbers in Paddock, I think movies like We're Back, A Dinosaur's Story, and Fern Gully both have underrated soundtracks that are, at the very least, unique. If the narrative of escaping from your cell combined with strange visuals intrigues you, you could give Beyond the Black Rainbow a try. Forewarning, it's a strange movie. If you want a similar movie in many ways, but one with a lot more comedy, the quality of that comedy being debatable, The Sausage Party could be an option too. I'd be remiss to not also bring up Braveheart, but I assume everyone has seen that. And that leaves us with our final two movies, and I'm not sure how I'd rank these two straight up. However, these sentences make this an easier choice for me. The real question is, Digital copy or film for my wild card. 
So, strictly based on my last note for the movie, I've come to a decision. Batman Under the Red Hood gets a... The secret sentence is, I don't recommend blank for everyone. However, if you... As far as the animation is concerned, I think they are pretty standard, but good Saturday morning style graphics. I was not disappointed with all of the unique gadgets that Batman uses. So, a little past the 26 minute mark in the movie, I figured out who was under the Red Hood, and that concerned me. But, not too long later, Batman figured it out too. I do think that he should have been able to figure it out more easily but I was glad that that wasn't the primary mystery because not being a super fan myself, I was able to figure it out and Batman is supposed to be a very good detective, so that would have been pretty lame. So around that point in the movie, I was feeling a little let down for all of the praise that I had seen for this movie, but it really picks up once the Red Hood's identity is revealed. Looking into IMDb's rating, the fact that only 2.5% of the reviews have been a 4 or below tells you a lot. That being that this is a very good story. And that is probably the movie's strongest positive note. It's a strong story, and it is quite focused on that story with very little side plot. Overall, I do think it is a strong movie. However, the animation is nothing special, and neither are the score or the voice acting. That said, none of these aspects are bad. I felt that the characters were true to their characters, at least from what I know of the characters. I would have liked a little more detective Batman, but the action is great and mostly non-stop. Everything works in concert with each other, even if it's not all top-notch. Ultimately, I don't think this is a product for everyone. Having a prior knowledge and attachment to the Batman franchise goes a long ways for the impact of this story, and there is little done to develop all of those relationships fully. And that last note is precisely the reason that I don't recommend Batman Under the Red Hood for everyone. However, if you are a fan of Batman, it is worth a viewing. Which leaves us with our last option. The winner, I suppose you could say, Akira. The secret sentence is blank gets my recommendation. It's hand-drawn, which is a given, considering it's from 1988. Some of the animation looks pretty darn amazing, but the rest of it looks somewhat standard. But it is slightly stylized, which helps to give the movie its own flavor. Someone went through the effort to change the mouths to match the English dialogue, but it's still a little bit off, and we all know how that can be while watching. One thing that I noticed that I really liked was the movie's strong uses of silence, which is not something you find a lot in film, and I really appreciate it when it is done, and especially when it's done well. There are quite a few of the guys in this movie who look very similar, which made it difficult for me to keep everyone apart from one another. I wish the faces of people had more variants. That said, 
Maybe this is just something that I'm terrible at because I got very confused the first time that I watched The Departed. Somehow, I could not keep Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio separate in my mind. I got, I don't know. So, might just be a weakness of mine. One thing that I took away from this movie, not The Departed, was that many of the plot points proved to myself that as much as the world changes, nothing really ever changes. A lot of this movie could be recreated today and it would be relevant to the world that we live in. And I wonder if it's even more relevant today than it was just a few months ago. Before wrapping up, I must mention the soundtrack. It was a very interesting soundtrack, and that is largely a good thing. Ultimately, I felt that this movie was fully developed in every manner, and so it felt the most like a movie out of all of these options. Paddock also felt like its own movie, whereas the other three just felt like long cartoon episodes. And that's a large part of the reason that Akira gets my recommendation and the number one spot today. So let's recap that order, starting from the last ranked movie, going to the best. Or the first. Not really a best or worst type thing in here, but, you know. Let's go with starting in fifth place with a VHS was America the Motion Picture. In fourth place with a laser disc was Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Eternal the Movie. In third place with a Betamax was Podak aka Swimming to Sea. In second place barely receiving a film was Batman Under the Red Hood. And in first place receiving a DVD was Akira. The final list looks nothing like I would have expected when I chose these movies for this episode. Even after having watched the movies, it's not really what I expected. And even going into this ranking, it's not what I expected. But as I look at it now, looking back, I think that it's a very fair representation, and I'm happy with how the chips fell. And hopefully I piqued some of your interests with Paddock, if, if there's one memorable movie in this bunch, to me, that's the movie. As always, thanks for joining us on... Messing with Media!